0: How should you be approaching the wide receiver position in the late rounds? Is Dalton Kincaid really the exception of the rookie tight end rule that you should just keep drafting at ADP? And is there any hope for Russell Gage resurrection now that Baker Mayfield is at QB in Tampa? All this and a ton more with Andrew Cooper tonight. what is up Fantasyland? land welcome back to the goat district we have another monster show tonight and a monster guest with us tonight he's back in the district man andrew cooper funny dan we were on the player profiler network guys check that out last night with josh larky pretty sure he's got the most appearances in the district but andrew cooper is getting up there dan
2: yeah yeah we had we i mean when we got larky we had to get coupon too you know it's just like Peanut butter and jelly, man. You know, you got. If you're gonna have one, you gotta have the other. You gotta. You can't have too much peanut butter, not enough jelly. You can't have too much jelly, not enough peanut butter. So it's gotta. It's gotta be close to even.
3: I'm coming. I'm coming for the title. I'm coming for the crown. And the the <laughs> crazy thing about all that. So, you lucky Player Profiler, 33rd team. I just got off a show where we did a best ball draft, and we had Jordan Vanik on as a guest from 33rd team, dude. So we're just a big family here. And the, my favorite part about it. Is that like, you know, Dan, I've known you since I started doing this. Uh, JD, we've become good friends here. and we agree on so much philosophy wise. and we we agree with Josh Largie and we we agree with Jordan Vanek, but we can still somehow disagree on so much. That's what makes fantasy football so beautiful is that like we have similar processes, all these same things, but those processes lead us to still disagree, right? And that's why tonight's topic is so good because we're talking uncertainty in the later rounds. Where it's almost like we we're trying to uh, admit that maybe we don't know everything. So this is a special episode. Every time I come on here, I really enjoy it because I know that your audience is a deep cut audience too, right? So like they enjoy. You know, we, I think we talked about stone smart last last time on, right? So I think
0: we, I think we also said something like degenerates. Like yeah, dessert. it's there. Yeah, like, well, that's like, us.
3: Like, I'm full on degenerate, dude. Like cross the board, sport. Like I. He busted out my Celtics gear to Roof of the Seas, even though I'm, hey, we got to hold on to hope. But, you know, it's like, I love doing this. I, people will say, who's drafting in March? I am, dude. I love fantasy football. You know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> let's do this, let's get it going.
0: So Dan, I, I've got, as you could tell by the screen, I've got some some production stuff to work on here, and uh, we, we've got a, a bit of changes uh, here on the production side. So I'm going to let you take over, and I'm going to mess around with these uh, these visuals for our audience, just so uh, we got everything nice, I, and, I, nice, I and strange When I saw the
3: intro, I thought you were going full like documentary film style. I kind of, <laughs> I I thought we were doing like a little Blair Witch thing here, which I kind of like that. I I should I. Should I uh, make mine a little more rugged? Should I get in there, too? <laughs>
0: <laughs> there all right, Dan, go, why, why don't you introduce yeah. this man proper for those who might not be as familiar with Andrew, and then we'll get into the goodness. All right,
2: yeah. So so Coop, man, he,
0: he's he's the lead
2: NFL analyst at Fantasy Alarm, right, to start with. Uh, you, you can catch him on SiriusXM. You can catch him on Better Network uh, pretty much all the time. Uh, he's he's been uh nominated for the fswa writer of the year award which is one that i really like uh, seeing because i enjoy great writing style and coop has got great writing style i mean just the use of gifs and everything else sprinkled within i mean you know like reading a coop article is not a slog you know and so many fantasy articles are just like this big slog that you're just you're you're trying to you know okay get to the point you know I'm scanning you know okay what are what are they trying to say here really and and like Coops I just sit down and read you know like it's uh, you know it, it, it's entertainment and knowledge all wrapped up into one so that's 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 where I'm at on that hey, Andrew you want to say anything else about yourself what you got going I, on these I, days? I to say
3: I appreciate that man because I think that's exactly what I I go for in that I know that no one wants to read seven thousand a seven thousand word article on tight ends where we're talking about Durham Smythe, right? So I know I gotta break it up, right? I gotta mix in a couple of gifts and stuff here though. So I, I appreciate that you appreciate that because to be honest, when I first started uh you know obviously I always played fantasy football, but I would used to read the articles on cracked.com. Do you guys ever on cracked? And <laughs> I and it was like that. It would be a topic like, you know, whatever it was and they would break it up with like funny stuff. And I just thought to myself I was like, you know, if I was ever gonna write, I wanted to write for them. And then I just thought, like, you know what? If I'm gonna write my stuff and that's how I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna like mix it up, make it fun for people, where at the end of it, you'll you'll enjoy reading it and then you'll realize that you just read four thousand words on Chickaconquo and it wasn't that bad. Right. So that's that's kind of the goal. So I appreciate you uh you taking the time to read, man, because the kids these days, I don't know. It's, uh... <laughs>
0: I, I'm going to add this to Andrew Dan, Dan is I mean you you see the guests we have on our show on our channel I mean we you know the best of the best come on here when you come on for some reason Dan's extra giddy he, He's, <laughs> he, you know we the show sheet is something that we try to you know share dibs on and whoever's available that kind of thing and I'll do it if he can but when Coop's coming on man first thing in the morning he's like hey guys Sends the link right away guys. How's how's the show she looking? Let's get this out. He's ready to go
3: Well, the, the two I there's two things are... on that that I will say is that one I've known Dan since I first started doing this when I say doing this like I, when I first met Dan through Scott fishbowl I had never done any show like I had to borrow a Yeti blue microphone from John and Pemba and I first started doing this and that's when I first met Dan and like we have talked tight end stuff For So long and like I respect the I respect the way he operates within it like to me Dan is within the there's no tight end whisper to me Howard Bender was the original tight end whisper and Dan is well within the brotherhood of tight end whispers. So like with the GOAT district when you guys say he's our resident tight end whisper he to me he is a tight end whisper so. Like, dance, that's why I, With this show, every time you invite me on Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm doing it like, Typically, I would say, hey, I have a show Right before this, I did a best ball draft with the Fantasy Alarm members Typically, I would tell people, hey I don't think I could do this show But with this show, I was like, yeah, yeah whatever, you Give me a minute, right? <laughs> In between the shows, and we'll do it, yeah, we appreciate yeah it. So, <laughs> hey, well, why don't we start talking about Instead of just patting each other on the back Let's talk a little football, huh? What do you guys yeah. say? Yeah,
2: definitely, definitely So it. Let's let's start off, Andrew, with an article that you put together a couple days ago or put out a couple days ago for Fantasy Alarm, and I just really liked your approach on it. It detailed how to approach the wide receiver position, kind of in the late round, uh, you know, and not just wide receivers but tight ends too. I really think it is must read material. If you uh, if you haven't been there to read it, make sure you get there and read it. Uh, in the tweet, I'll uh, I'll throw a link to it in the YouTube. Uh, I'll throw a link to it in the comments as well, so that uh, everybody gets a chance to to read that. But I, I think it's a great article. I think it's a great way to approach uh, the weight rounds. And if Andrew, can you just give us a quick summary uh, of the concepts inside of it, and and kind of you know what what your your goal was there?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So like we always talk like in the real world, we talk about like that moment that you realize you like grew up, right? Like that moment you you became an adult. And when it comes to fantasy football, uh, in the community that, that we have, like Twitter, Reddit, people, you know, once you get involved in not just playing but actually talking about it, there are two moments where, to me, you've transcended being a fan and became an analyst. One of those is when you stop just rooting for your own players on your favorite team or your actual fantasy team. Like you guys know, there's a huge chunk of people that just go on Twitter and defend only the guys they've already drafted or the guys on the Patriots or whatever, right? So, like, once you transcend that, you've become an analyst. The other one is what this article is about, and that's recognizing what you don't know. And I don't mean that people get really offended by the idea that they might not know something, and they almost sometimes feel like they have to have a take where there's a point where you recognize no one can know. And that's when you become, like, that's the that's the big alpha brain moment. And that's what this article is about. It's about finding late round. This one's about wide receivers, but it can apply to any position. We'll talk about a couple of them today where you look at the, the different aspects of it. In this one, we look at uh, the quarterback changes, coaching changes, scheme changes, and personnel changes and say, okay, that creates uncertainty. How do we take advantage? So that's what this article is about. It's on fantasyalarm.com.
2: Right, exactly. And and the big point there is, you know, you can know a lot about those players in the late round and still not know a lot because what we're asking ourselves to do is to know the future. You know, we're, we're, we're holding a draft right now that's going to play out months from now during a season with all sorts of, you know, just obstacles and everything that we cannot twist, turns, everything else that we cannot possibly anticipate. And so, you know, the concepts behind this article are like, let's take advantage of that. Let's find a way to make that work for us. So I think one of the, one of the nice places where you can do that is on the FFPC. And I think uh, Mr. JD has a little bit to say about that.
0: Yeah, for sure, guys. You know that's the place to be, especially this time of year. Myffpc.com. We talk about it on the channel often. We do the live drafts from thirty-five dollars to seventy-seven dollars to one twenty-five best balls, three fifty to get you into the Fantasy Pros Championship. That's the big one, guys. That's the big one. One million dollar grand prize, and of course the main event two thousand to get in discounts going on right now you save a hundred dollars on your first team save four hundred dollars on each additional team for the early bird and that deadline is coming up on may 31st so make sure you sign up before that if you're not already on the site guys use the code goat or i'll add the link at the bottom uh in the comments or sorry in the uh, description so that you guys can click on that after the show and uh, yeah, man, we appreciate this, their support. We appreciate your support. And you can show more support by going to check out the FFPC. And just to add, uh, Andrew, we, we say often on this channel, we don't know shit. And it's like, you, And I think that's the key. And Dan and I play, that's why we're so like-minded. And I think yourself as well, uh, you got to leave room for the possibilities. And, and if you don't always uh, assume that you know those possibilities, you have a higher chance of, of hitting them.
3: Especially, I mean, especially with us, like the Generates, the crew, Toronto Dave in the chat, like we're doing. I know i I'm not. I don't think you could do many best balls in Canada. We gotta, we, we gotta hit up on our dog, get that going, dude. But uh, the it's like the the ones of us that if I'm gonna do a hundred best ball drafts, any situation I'm not sure, fully guaranteed sure on, I'm going to spread out the love, right? So like I'll give a great example from the article. Probably the number one example, and it's it's great because it applies to this year as well, the same team. In two thousand twenty, we looked at the Carolina Panthers, right? And they brought in a new coach, Matt Rule, new offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, who they fired midseason. They brought in they had a new quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. They had uh they still had DJ Moore, but they brought in uh Robbie Anderson, chosen Anderson now, and they brought in Curtis Samuel, right? So like It was up in the air as to what was going to go on, like who was going to get the ball. And everyone thought it was D.J. Moore. He was going wide receiver 11 in fantasy football. Robbie Anderson was going wide receiver 64. Curtis Samuel was going 65. Well, it turns out they flipped the script on us. D.J. Moore had been an underneath guy. He got flipped to a deep, uh, deep ball guy. And then Robbie Anderson and Curtis Daniel were running underneath. They actually outscored DJ Moore. It was that uncertainty. We thought we knew. The entire industry thought they knew. DJ Moore going 11. Those guys going 65. And we were wrong, right? So it's those situations. Right now, again, with the Panthers, I mean, it's a new coach. Whoops. It's a new coach, new quarterback, all new wide receivers except Terrace Marshall. Who knows, right? So it's those situations we're looking for where – uh, you know, there's so much uncertainty and the pecking order is all over the place where we can take advantage. And it's, you know, th- that's part of like being an analyst and, and maturing is saying, you're not saying we, I don't know, so I have to look it up. You're saying I've researched this and it's uncertain enough that we can take advantage of it. That's That's kind of the uh, you know, the alpha brain level of, of that type of stuff, right? Where you can sit back because you'll mess yourself. If you're doing 100 best ball drafts, you'll mess yourself up taking the same guy every single time and then he's not good, right? So you'd be very careful of that.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think that's a great point. And, you know, to that point, humility is kind of a necessary part of of really being good at fantasy football. Being able to just, you know, admit to yourself there are things we don't know, there are things we can't know, and to embrace that and say, you know, since I don't know, how am I going to handle this differently than, like, rather than just pretend that I know or, you know, it, like you said, with the late-round guys, you know, if you keep hammering the same five guys over and over, you know, well, if those guys hit, fantastic. You, you know, you had a great season, but if they don't hit, it can really wreck you too, because you've got to get some late round production out of some of your teams for sure. Because you're definitely not going to hit them all right on the early rounds. So,
3: I, 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 I love Toronto, Dave, in the chat. Put that up there. Strategic humility—that's yes.
0: the name of the strategy. And, and as a Canadian, as a Canadian, I'm going to blame your political system. man. You, you guys are all about having to pick sides. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to pick a side. That's the red problem. or blue. Everybody yeah, that's right. Pick a side, be on a team. You know there's only two sides well it's not like that in 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 every decision you know and and it's not like that in football there's a there's a lot of possibilities so you got to cover yourself so that a you're not missing not in a fomo way but in a way that you realize that the possibilities are so wide that you want to cover a lot of those possibilities and you don't want to be too clumped into one of those possibilities because the percentages are probably small you know so it's all about the balance uh, it 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 playing those those probabilities and and I love that you're bringing it up and I yeah. love that you go in and write articles about this because I do it but I don't I don't know how to talk about it like you do man that's
3: beautiful oh of course you do bro. of course you do, <laughs> man. I've listened I listen to the show dude I come on the show dude you guys you act poetic on here and that's the thing is nowadays you know I like I made fun of TikTok earlier but you can get information from TikTok you can get information from Twitter I prefer articles because that's how I build my Knowledge base. I sit. Th- I have to do it. You know this reptile brain. It's like I can't just. I couldn't just sit here and look at a spreadsheet and then do a podcast. I have to do the work through the articles, and then that's how it translates for it's me. It's, but, and
0: it's proven that you learn right more when you're right when you're writing it down. That's. I, I think, think that's part of teach the trick. Six year old that right now, you know.
3: I, you guys want to know the secret to how I come up with most of my best article ideas? I get it. I get an argument I get into an argument with somebody on Twitter or Reddit. <laughs> And yes. I especially on Twitter, and I hit that 280 character limit, and I just go, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill this guy dude. Yeah, you can't handle through. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna kill this guy. I go, I'm going to come back here and what and I'm gonna have this argument. And now what I do is I have so many of these these that when people come to argue with me, I just post a link. I go, here you go, boss. Why don't you read up? Why don't you read up and then half of them don't have, don't even take the time to read, so it gets me out of the argument. It's like but, the, it's
0: like a, how's these how's them apples?
3: How's them apples? Yeah, that's exactly what it is with the article post, dude. So yeah, that's part of the game. But I will say with that example, just to wrap that one up, like so when you get to that, when you finally get to that mindset where we say we don't know for sure, and you get into these underdog drafts or uh FFPC I love FFPC whenever I'm on this show, and the so like when you get in those drafts at at the end, I find myself rooting for so like right now with the Panthers, none of them go in the top ten rounds on on underdog. Uh, Thielen goes round eleven, Mingo round twelve, Chark round thirteen. I have. A good amount of Chark so far. I have all. I have at least some of all of them. But I love when somebody takes Chark or Mingo first, and I can take Thielen as the third guy. Or I love when Mingo falls to the last guy because now I know I'm getting the value and I'm diversifying on a situation where where we we can't know for sure, right? We couldn't possibly know. I I've been taking a little Terrace Marshall too because I'm kind of terrified of how <laughs> uncertain it is, right? It's kind of it's kind of a little scary how uncertain it is. But the the picks are so late. Like for regular redraft leagues, I don't know why those are going off, but for picks for regular redraft leagues, uh, you can you can get, uh, you can wait and draft your entire team and then take one of them, right? So it's a beautiful thing. The Panthers, and we can get into some more teams and some more situations because I feel like that's that's the goal of the show today, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and. Last night, we had a great discussion with Josh Clarkie, which unfortunately was off the air Ah, um, (laughs) due to time constraints. And, uh, you know, so we had to we had to stop recording, uh, you know, but then we just kind of kept talking and and we were talking about, you know, kind of this wide receiver dead zone that we've perceived, you know, and that. Uh, you know, loading up on the wide receivers early is great. But then, you know, you've got, you know, you've got to hit some running backs in there. And then, you know, kind of those middle rounds, while the wide receivers are dead, man, we're hitting the you know, the tight ends, we're hitting the quarterbacks, you know, kind of getting the rest of the, the lineup sort of put together. And then you come back to the late rounds, and now you've got those wide receiver situations or those tight end situations, you know, wherever you need the help, you know, and you can look at all these situations. And we're going to kind of go through a few of them in a little bit here. Um, you know, and talk about, you know, how do you how do you go through and examine the situation in Chicago? How do you go through and examine the situation in New York? You know, things like that. But you can go through and you can have, you know, now you've got some options late too that you can come back in and kind of finish off your wide receiver core however you feel like you need to or finish off your tight ends. So it, are you seeing... Andrew a, a wide receiver dead zone in there uh in your drafts anywhere as you're doing those or you know how do you feel about that
3: Yeah so the, it's uh and the I know you guys talked with Larky about it yesterday I checked out uh quite a bit of that before I jumped on here it that is happening it, it, it cuz it, it happens anytime there's a position that gets pushed up so what happened it happened with running backs and we put them all on a uh the last year it was a running back dead zone because we as a community we kind of said, these are three down backs, and these are only early down backs, and these are only passing down backs. So those three down backs we put on a pedestal, we pushed them way up, and that's what created the dead zone. Anyone that was a Fantasy Alarm member or who was reading my stuff was drafting Miles Sanders in that position, and they were are very rich people now. They're probably not even watching the stream. They're probably on an island with a little umbre- umbrella in their drink, you know? But everyone else had to sort through that dead zone, and now we're getting that wide receivers where it's crazy. How early best balls, if this is how it ends up in redraft, it's going to be wild. Not only are the wide receivers going early, but I've seen quarterbacks kind of going early. That mm. creates that dead zone, too. But – so many wide receivers are going early and it's forcing you to chase them that there's like the huge wide receiver chunk and then there's the RB chunk where you feel really good about the RBs yeah. and then it everything kind of falls off but the wide receivers in there feel especially gross and that's where this strategy already starts so the Panthers is such a good example because they're round 10 or later like they're just out there you know what i mean like you don't have to worry about it but in the middle rounds there there's a bunch of other ones that that are going that we can that we can get into that i feel i still feel pretty good about so in the wide receiver dead zone you do have to pick your horse right you have to pick your your guys and go for them there after that you do the you fill it out but i don't know it is it is a little scary how do you guys how you guys feeling about that 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 middle area there i'm trying to avoid it i'm trying to avoid it honestly
0: yeah jd what uh what are your thoughts there yeah, I mean, by that point, like you you already touched on. I mean, you're you're going by your previous builds, or I'm sp- like Andrew's talking about. You're sprinkling in those unknown decisions, right? So if you're playing like a tournament where week seventeen is is of essence, then you're maybe looking at some of those matchup uh, correlations, or if you're just looking at stacking, that's usually where I'm going, where where it's getting ugly. But it always depends on your build, right? And like you said, the way the receiver position just dies out. And Dan, I think you and I we did some live drafts. And earlier on, I was saying, like, I was really trying to hit running backs early. It felt really good. But when you get later in the draft, man, the receiver position is so ugly, whereas the running back position always feels like you can recoup. Uh, you know, like, you can recuperate somewhere. You can find some some guy that will start a certain amount of weeks during the season and fill the holes, whereas receiver, like, you're always kind of guessing where these guys are going to fit into your lineup. So I love adding this to the, to the tool, you know, the toolbox, the artillery, Whereas now when I'm in the later rounds, I'm also looking for those unknown situations and sprinkling my, my shares around. And it helps you kind of, like you said, even manage your ownership, which we talk about often on the show. We talked about it last night. Yeah,
2: I think you get, you know, you get to the point where all of a sudden, you know, you're looking at uh, Gabe Davis or Cortland Sutton or Michael Thomas or guys like that. I mean, you know, how do you feel good about any of these guys? It, it, it's just tough, you know, yeah. and you can, at that point, you can be looking at your tight ends. You can be looking at your quarterbacks. Um, you know, if you didn't grab one early uh, this is definitely an area where you might want to grab a couple, uh, you know, yeah. a, you, you mentioned,
3: you mentioned a the name there that I, from that group that I am kind of playing the flag on that I've written, written uh, about a little bit and that I'm willing to take. And that's Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, to me, a guy where hey, we there is a level of uncertainty with a new quarterback coming in. That's one of the caveats from the article I just wrote, right? Where we think it's Chris Olave that's going to lead the team in targets. That's what I would bet on. Like if I was going to my bookie and placing a bet, that's who I'd place it on. But there is a room for uncertainty where maybe he does like Michael Thomas. I mean, we talk about like age a lot of times, but to a guy like Derek Carr, who's older than Michael Thomas. You know, like to him, he might not look at it the way we do. He might look at Michael Thomas and say, here's a guy who has the record for, you know, like receptions in a season who has, he's had, he's been injured the last two years, not even with the same injury though. Uh, and I say last two years, people say three, but he had that high ankle sprain. He played through that. He played in the playoffs in 2020, right? Like he played 2021. He did not play last year. He played three games. They hurt his toe, not his ankle again. So if this guy comes back healthy, don't be surprised if Michael Thomas is good because Michael Thomas is good. So that's my soapbox on Michael Thomas. Sorry to interrupt there. But when you were like, who do you take out of these guys? I immediately was like, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. So, oh, but you yeah, there yeah. you
2: go. That's a perfect example of, you know, you're going to have flag plants in there. You know, you're yes. comfortable with Michael Thomas. I look at a guy like Rashad Bateman, and I'm like, I'm really pretty dang comfortable yeah. with him. You know, you know. So there, there are some guys in there. They're just kind of interspersed, and, you know, there's not a lot of them. So that,
3: yeah. that's kind of I, I like I like Rashad Bateman, too, but it, John and Pemba. Do you guys know John? He's the head editor for Fantasy He, like, keeps the trains on the track. He's the man. Every time I take Rashad Bateman, he immediately takes Zay Flowers, and it's <laughs> bothering me. It, every, like, clockwork. The moment I take him, he takes Zay Flowers. I'm like, will you stop doing that? Like, he did it again tonight, like all, like like clockwork, man. And we're both we we love, both live in the Boston area, so we've, you know, it's hard to be a Boston college fan, but we we were exposed to him, so it's just like, please cut that out, dude. Like, it, it, you're getting you're on my neck. It's like he's standing right behind me. You know what I mean? That feeling where someone's over your shoulder, breathing oh, yeah. on your neck. Yeah. So, But yeah, I, the kid, I still the kid like Bateman.
2: sat behind you in class and did this. Yeah.
3: All the time. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> like, <"Will> you
0: stop, <laughs> dude.
3: Yeah. But I, I do see. like Bateman, man. JD, are you a are you Bateman guy? You in?
0: I used to pull the girl's hair in front of me. That, that um, well, shoot, so that was a so classic you, move. To me, it comes back to, to build. I love that you picked out Thomas because Dan and I were in a build where we did actually s- smash – running back a little early i think it was a bbm dan or something like that or maybe an see mm-hmm. and when you start addressing your receiver position and you're a little light at the position a guy like michael thomas who's shown you a wide receiver one ceiling in this range i mean okay maybe he's not going to get back to wide receiver one but the fact that he's shown you a wide receiver it's a proven fact that if they've been if a receiver's been top 12 there's a higher chance he's going to be top 12 again so when you're building your building, maybe you waited on receiver, you went running back early. Michael Thomas is that guy that I want in that range because there's nobody close to him that's given you even close to wide receiver one production in the in the past. So Bateman, we haven't seen it. Zay Flowers, we haven't seen it. Alan Lazard, haven't seen it, Jameson Williams. Like these are all guys that are going in his reign. Rasheed Rice, Odell Beckham, you know, you talked about Sutton, Juju. These guys are great and all if you really want to take a swing, I mean, Michael Thomas is a really nice swing. I, I, I like that you pointed him out. Mm-hmm. Yep, Abs- absolutely. So, you know, and, and the thing
2: is, again, you know, knowing that you don't know gives you a little bit of freedom to just go out there and, and get your guys. I mean, you know, you want, you're going to lose a lot of leagues. I mean, you know, you're going to lose way more BBMs, fail to a- advance, whatever. Uh, then you're going to win. You know, you're going to have too many. You know, you're going to have 80 percent of your teams probably that aren't going to advance, and that's if you're really good. Uh, you know, so you've got to be shooting for the fences. I mean, you can't be shooting for fourth place. You have got to be shooting for first or second place. And you know, the only way you're going to get there is to take some chances. So it, don't be afraid to do that for sure. But I want to I want to tie in kind of the the yin yang tight end concept here. Um, you know, first off, Andrew, if you want to just kind of quickly go over, you know, your concept of the yin and yang tight end, and and just kind of your, your approach to tight end in general, how you're going about it.
3: Yeah, I'll tell you, so at this particular position, in all formats, I hate, hate linear rankings. Like, to sit back and just line these guys up and sell that, to me, is bonkers. And I know that the casual gamer is always going to be a fan of that. But... To, like, to, let, to give an example, an easy one at running back. How do I rank next? How do I rank Alvin Kamara next to somebody like Jeff Wilson? Right. It's like how do I rank these guys when I know one of them is going to miss a ton of games, the other one is going to be a, a low ceiling guy or whatever. It's like how do you rank those guys on a linear basis, right? And tight ends exactly like that. We are guys we know that can't be top. They have no shot at top five, but they're very realistically a back-end tight end one. And there's other guys like Evan Ingram last year, which I came on this show and we waxed poetic about, right? Like, we were in, man. Dan, we were yes, in. And we were totally, right. dude, We're right. But we sat here and we acknowledged that he his upside was tight end two and his downside was tight end 50, right? Like, we were like, you know, and he was going tight end 22, tight end 20 off the board. He finished tight end five. So we, we knew the upside and downside. Yin-Yang, tight end helps you escape that issue by drafting two tight ends uh, the yin the reason I call the yin yang tight end the truth be told is that I at first I was like here's the play you you draft one safe guy who is medium floor medium ceiling and you draft one uh, low floor high upside guy and you pair them that's a lot of words. So at the beginning of the article one year I just said this is the yin the safe guy, and this is the Yang, the upside guy, and that's how we started moving forward. To, to, so I could just be like, this guy's the Yang, that guy's the Yang. And that's what you do is you you can draft the risky guy first and then pick the safe guy or vice versa, but you have to have somebody that can start for you week one and not, he's not going to get you a zero. And the best example was Cole Komet last year, which Cole Komet, we were, we, he was one of the guys we were considering as a Yang tight end. We didn't know. It was a complete wild card, Right. But you had to have another tight end. You couldn't start him. He started the season with back-to-back zeros. So anybody that that just bought in on the Cole Komet situation probably was hurt pretty badly those first two games. I was starting somebody else. We were drafting Zach Ertz, Gerald Everett, safe but boring players while we searched for our upside play, right? So that's the whole point of the yin yang, and that's how we got uh, the reason that the reason I have any followers on Twitter is because this does work right? Like we found Mark Andrews, even though he was wide receiver, like 17. We found Darren Waller. We found Logan Thomas, who was wide receiver. Not only was he wide receiver 38 at ADP, but he was wide receiver 26 in week six. And then he finished uh, as a top three wide receiver. So that's the idea. The idea of like, you're drafting one guy to be a placeholder, and then you're spending one one bench spot, Finding somebody else, right? And apparently it's a sin to draft two tight ends. But, Dan, (laughs) how long have we been doing it, right? And how long has it been working for us? And it's like, you know, like we're finding all these guys. There's been a a tight end that's come from outside the top 17 in ADP to finish top five every year for the last six years. Every year. Eric, Eric Ebron, again Darren week. Waller. There will be. We will, and we will guys, find did it. I, did I not
0: Absolutely. say you guys are going to be taking notes tonight? I hope you guys are smashing that like button right now because the, the, the goodness that Andrew's bringing is is just it's too good, man. It's too good.
3: Well, dude, the yeah. reason I I do this, because I, I and I say this every time I come on the show, is that your listeners, your followers, they care, right, about this stuff. There's so many other shows where they come on, they say, Hey, give us your top ten tight ends. And that's the show. And you know what? There's a place for that in the world. The casual the casual fantasy gamers, but that's not the GOAT district. You guys you guys are doing crazy stuff out here. So I love that.
2: Yeah, we, we, we cater to the degenerates. No no the, doubt about it. Uh, the
3: deep <laughs> ones. I, I the one thing I the one thing that drives me nuts is when you do the we're not doing any of those questions, are we, the trade questions? Cause you guys have yep. crazy. Your fans bring in the crazy <laughs> trade questions. Dude.
2: Yes, they do. Yes, they
3: do. <laughs> like they are the they are the deep the deep weeds with those dude. I, I I it boggles my mind when we do those. So are we doing any of those tonight? Or we'll
0: see if they pop up. In the- yeah, yeah. We, we have no idea. Okay.
3: Yeah, okay, good. I was like it's pretty,
0: pretty loaded sheep so We want to yeah, we want to but, but if you're out there in the chat guys drop the question. Yeah,
3: throw your me. questions in. No just no IDP for questions sure, please. For sure. Good god.
0: And if you are watching <laughs> this on replay drop them in the comments and we'll come back and answer you guys. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So let's 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 talk
2: a little bit about how you you sprinkle in the GINs. Um, you know the those are your your best bets to be the cheap targets. Uh, how do how do you fit the, them into this concept of, you know, taking these targeted shots? Wait, are you drafting your yin tight ends kind of throughout just wherever they might be? Or is there a particular zone where you find that they tend to be clustered?
3: So it, it depends uh, to me, like for me personally, it depends how deep my leagues are, because I do play leagues with family members um, because, you know, my family, my aunts and uncles, they're all angels. So I'm going to play fantasy football with them. They want to play fantasy football with me. But those are like 10 team leagues with like no benches, right? So in those with the Yins, I will draft one earlier because I know I can find them on the wire. I know I can find the upside on the wire. They're, they're going to be lying all over the ground. So for me, I will take one earlier and make sure I have a safe guy, knowing that I can just like find the upside guy on the wire with the... Uh, with, Deeper leagues, I'll wait longer and longer. So it's kind of format dependent. The important part is that you go through, you sort them because, well, I mean, we can go, I, honestly, if you guys want, we can take a quick look at like underdog ADP or one of these, and I can tell you how I how I sort them. A big part of it, as Dan, as you know, as we always talk about, is upside. You need a guy who can be, a, you want a guy who can lead his team in targets, but who can at least be second, right? We want top two targets on the team. That's how you get Mark Andrews Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, these guys are leading their team in targets, or at least they're considered the focal point that in any given game, they're going, they can lead the team. That's in your mind. You need to always be thinking about that for the Yang tight ends. And it doesn't matter what the floor is. So like Evan Ingram last year, we're looking at it. We're like brand new, uh, brand new coach, a tight coach that loves tight ends. Christian Kirk comes in. He wasn't on the team. Zay Jones wasn't on the team. Marvin Jones wasn't on the team. It's like a whole – Evan Ingram wasn't on the team. So we're like, hey, why not? Why not go for the guy with tight end eligibility here? That was That's the whole thought process. So And and you know what? He could have been the fifth target on the team. Dan Arnold could have. Maybe, uh, who knows if Dan Arnold could have been better than him. He's not, but we know that. But uh, it's a possibility. So like that's how we look at it, and you have to make sure that you have that upside. And the floor I don't care about because we'll just drop them. So that's how you find the Yangs. With the Yins, you need – targets you need a minimum number of targets the reason that they're yins is because we know that typically there's two guys on the team that are just better right like uh, I look at anyone that's going to be a a tight end for the Bengals immediately T Higgins and Jamar Chase are better so Irv Smith at best is a yin tight end right I, I don't even really like him in this sense but Dallas Goddard George Kittle those guys can fit in that role they're expensive though so you got to make those decisions. I was
0: going to ask you where the the top tier guys fit in this. Uh, this this. Yeah. Theory.
3: So so like for me, I have like I always have an elite tier that I think has a good enough floor and ceiling that if you take them, you only draft one tight end, and that's going to be Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and to me, Kyle Pitts. Fits because I just I th- I truly believe in Kyle Pitts. The thing is with T.J. Hawkinson, he's probably next, but you're betting T.J. Hawkinson either matches or is better than jordan addison and targets right now if you guys had to pick who do you think because we know justin jefferson will get the most right now if you had to pick do you think it would be hawk or addison
0: i think we draft like it's hockey day right so that's the thing it's yep. like
3: you kind of got him man you know yeah. and, and an underdog i'm drafting hawk at times and i'm drafting addison at times but i'm drafting them I'm. Not, I'm never reaching for either because we don't know, yeah. right? So when there's when there's a level of uncertainty, I'm less likely to reach. The more certain I am, the more likely I am to reach. And a lot of sometimes I'm wrong, but you know we do a pretty good job, right? Like we we put in the work at least to give ourselves the best chance to succeed.
2: Right. Exactly. And you know the again, just to kind of go back on one of the things you said and, and highlight it again. You know, it's got to be somebody who has a shot at being number one or number two on the team and targets. It's like, you know, it doesn't, a lot of people approach the tight end from the position of talent first, and then they worry about, you know, all that other stuff. And it's really kind of the other way around.
0: Yeah. Shout out to Joe. There you go. Joe. There you go. Good Watson, job, dude. Hudson boy hitting on the Pat's comment. There you go, Joe.
3: But he's um, right though. He's right though, because we don't know, right? Juju, I kind of like him to be one, but I mean, Hey, who? If let's say let's say Juju is guaranteed the the number one target of the Pats, Who's second?
2: Right. Oh, look
3: out! Look out now! Look out now! There you go, Joe. I like that.
2: Yeah, that's see. Does it, these are our listeners, man. They, they I know get it. the crushers, dude. I
3: see nineteen twelve <laughs> in there, dude. Like these are the guy. I love. He shows up every time too, man. So yeah, yeah. I love hanging out with these. Yeah, he's a G, dude. So uh, good, good folks out here, man. And that's why I can feel free to just get wild and, and say these things because, like, they understand, you know. Sometimes, you know, it's like you can't go on XM as a guest and talk about concepts like this. There's no time. You know what I mean? There are too many commercials and all that stuff. Yeah, truly, though. And then the people, they're just, like, listening to whatever. They would change the channel if I went into these strategies. But, we <laughs> need, but that's why we win so many leagues, though, because, like, we take this very seriously. Yeah.
2: Exactly. This is this is this is for all the people who wouldn't change the channel. So right. this, this is where you need to be. It's
3: all the people that don't have <laughs> SiriusXM. Because <laughs> they're, like, they're like normal. <laughs> I think
2: <mean, you're, laughs> right? Exactly. Dude. What, is, what is it like to be normal? I'm not sure.
3: Uh, I yeah, know. I don't know, dude. Yeah, because they're not normal oh, come enough. On, come on. I but the thing is, I listen to obviously I listen to the Fantasy Alarm Show like Howard Benner and Jim Bowden, those guys crush, dude, you know. Mm -hmm. But they but the thing is, it's it's the fantasy channel, it's not fantasy football channel. So they talk. I mean, if you have a show with Jim Bowden, you're going to talk about baseball, right? He was the GM for the Braves, so it's like they mix it up there, you know. Not getting too far in the deep cuts. We'll get in the deep cuts here.
2: Yes. Yes. Exactly. So let's. Um, I, I know we're going to get to Conklin later, but uh, there's a there's a question from 1912. You yeah, want two to of our two of our favorites.
0: Yeah. Two
3: of our favorites there. One of Dan's. and yeah. both – Yeah. Well, so I'll tell you what. Do, do you start uh, like? Let's talk about some of the concepts, right? Let's let's start doing the math. In this particular one, we have the we have the benefit of uncertainty based on the quarterback change. No matter what, they both teams have new quarterbacks, so it's a it's a clean slate. We think it's Garrett Wilson. Could it be Alan Lazard? I don't know. Could they brought in Randall Cobb? Could it be Tyler Conklin? I'll tell you what, I was looking at some stats, and I'm not a big Tyler Conklin fan in general. He's not a big tackle breaker, but I'll tell you this. There was one stat I was looking at, and I, I couldn't shake it, where I pulled up the all the players in two-minute drill, and I looked at three minutes just because like the minute leading up to the two-minute warning is it matters for it, right? And all the players, two-minute drill at the end of the second, fourth, and overtime, last three minutes, and Tyler Conklin had the second most targets of any player, not just tight ends of any player in those situations. So that is interesting. But me personally, I think Juwan Johnson playing uh, slot is a guy I'm taking in a bunch of spots. He's a converted wide receiver that plays slot. So I'm taking him in a ton of spots. And here's uh, the thing about that. For all the people out there, that come to me, like we just made fun of them and said, Michael Thomas is going to get hurt, right? If you truly believe that Michael Thomas is going to get hurt, who are you drafting, right? Because you leverage your, that information. Take Rashid Shaheed, take Juwan Johnson, reach for Chris Olave. Like, what are you doing about it? You know, you seem to have this magical doctor fortune teller information. What are you doing about it, right? So for me, I do take Juwan Johnson the head of Tyler Conklin. Uh, let me guess. J.D., you like Conklin. Dan, you like Juwan, or is that flipped? I, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: You,
0: you, I think we both like fl- both, but we both like Yeah, we, we do both, both yeah.
2: like yeah. both. Yeah. Well,
3: yeah. the thing the thing with uh, Conklin I'm taking in best ball because I watched – like this wasn't a – like it wasn't a mirage. I watched Aaron Rodgers throw 11 touchdown passes to Robert Tunyon. Like that happened. Right. You know? And I, I think Tyler Conklin's a better player than than Robert Tunyon. So –
2: we know he's a better player than Irv Smith. Um, That's
3: what I'm saying. Oh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know what? Here's what I like about Juwan is, you know, right now I think he's a great Yin, but he has a path to Yang too. Because if Michael right. Thomas does get hurt, then all of a sudden your Yin becomes Yang, and you've, you know, it, it you know, you've got exactly. ice cream and you've got you, you've got sprinkles.
3: And that's and that's why I can never like the thing about drafting Dallas Goddard and George Kittle. Even if we say they're not top targets, I can never say I will never turn to somebody if they take them at or around ADP and say that's a bad pick, because you're virtually guaranteeing yourself a back end tight end one. And like you said, if you get that injury, it's wheels yeah. up. And somebody always sneaks in because of injuries. The nature of the game. Evan Ingram as a rookie probably would not have been tight end five. If Odell Beckham didn't get hurt week four, right? So I have no problem with those picks. It's just I'm not usually making them because in that group, Dallas Goddard, George Kittle, I'm looking for, I'm I'm scrolling down to tight end seven and looking at him possibly leading his team at targets. Do you know who that is that I'm thinking of? He just changed teams himself. And he's been tight end Waller, two. Aaron Waller. Darren,
2: Darren Waller, yes, yes. That's
3: the reason I can't take Kittle or Goddard because I look at that group and I say, which one of these guys could lead his team in targets? Wallbanger, yep.
2: yes, definitely. You know, and and again, it kind of comes down to you know, a lot of people think they have the crystal ball and he's going to get hurt and all of that, but we don't know that. No. you know, so let's let's kind of go into. J.D., do you have some ideas, uh, some specific teams we can look at, players, things like that? Yeah. Let's just kind of you know, drill down another level, work the wide receivers back in there, all yeah. that, and just kind of talk about how we're approaching different teams.
3: I think, yeah. well, What helps a lot of people, I think the thing that helps most people, and I haven't even done this yet. I just wrote the article, but we haven't done this. But it's like, okay, we know, like you take – the combination is, okay, know what we know, admit what we don't know, and then try and make our best guess – Let's pick some of those teams and say hey this looks pretty uncertain what's our best guess right and we'll see if we can sort some out
0: so this will be a popular one and i know this is one where i've been spreading it nicely uh chicago with fields yeah you've got dj moore you've got chase claypool i mean you know they paid quite a bit for claypool they obviously got dj moore in the trade so heavily invested in both these guys is DJ Moore being overdrafted in best ball tourneys, Do you think so? Right now he's going wide receiver twenty in FFPC, wide receiver twenty three in underdog. Mooney's going wide receiver fifty eight, and then Claypool wide wide receiver eighty five. What do you like in this offense? How do you see this playing out?
3: Yeah, I mean, I tell you, we we don't know who it's going to be, could, and we could we could we the three of us have done this for long enough that we could put all three of those names in a hat and each one of us could draw a name and then we could make an argument, right? Like, we, and we hate to admit it. We hate to admit that that's true, that we could pull the names from the hat. I can make an argument for any one of them if you wanted me to. DJ Moore's the easiest one because he's going first. But we, we've we done this before with the Panthers, the same player, right, from the example earlier.
0: They've become um, the, the Patriots' backfield, let's face it. They're that's backfield.
3: right. So it's like you can make the – either we can make arguments for all of them. Moondog, especially in best ball, I mean, at any given time, because of his speed, because of his role as a flanker, he could make big plays. But I'll tell you, Claypool at wide receiver 85 – is the one I like best, and and we have a couple narratives working for in our favor. One, anytime people start making jokes on Twitter, I make a little note. Like anytime people say, start making the jokes. If if one person says he's burned me in the past, I say, great. I'm glad he burned you because he's gonna help me. Joe Mixon helped me a lot after burning all those people. I do not care. So I look at Chase Claypool. Let's go through what happened last year. They traded for him for three games. He Played a a less than 40% snap share because he didn't know the playbook, right? In that fourth game, he he bumped up to a 60%, but Justin Fields missed the game. He wasn't even in the game. The next game was the one game that we got Fields and Claypool, but Claypool hurt his knee. But before he hurt his knee, he played 67% of the snaps. He caught five of six targets. Next week was the bye week. Then Claypool missed the next two weeks with a knee. Claypool came back off the knee played 30% of snaps and week 18 when they were going to link up again They shut Justin Fields down because he had the ankle. So these guys didn't they not once played a full game together But they did play one game Where Claypool played 60% and he got six targets. So I look at it and say Why not right like early in the draft? You say why? Why am I drafting Jamar chase because he's amazing, right? Like because he has a nine without getting injury, what odds would you put of Jamar Chase being a, a top 24 receiver if he doesn't get hurt one time?
2: Almost 100%. Uh, 99?
3: I think we I would, yeah. I, I would, even as an oddsmith, I would say 99. JD, 99. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, He's we ask her, so, exactly, dude. dude. <laughs> so, you, you say, not, you say, okay, what, why are we drafting this guy? That's why. Later on, it flips. We say, why not? Right? Like, yes. why not? Why can't Chase Claypool score? I've seen the guy score 11 touchdowns with my own eyeballs and rushing touchdowns within that. Right? Like, I've seen this guy do impressive things. I've seen him be a top 24 receiver. So, that's where I'm at with it. But I'll take them all. Again, I if DJ Moore slides, I'll take him. But I'm the nature of the uncertain game is to collect value. Don't I'll reach for Claypool because ha- he's a wide receiver eighty-five. Like you have to reach to. He would go on draft if you don't reach for him. You know what I mean? But <laughs> right. yeah, it's like I guess is that reaching if you take I'm a guy with your waiting. last.
0: He's, he's, he's going to wide receiver ninety seventh in the the, the uh, fantasy pros championship like that. That's, I, like, I that's on draft all the way to the. It's like him, Cedric Tillman, and like Darius Slayton are the options.
3: It's like it's because of the jokes, dude. It's literally one hundred percent because of Twitter memes that he doesn't go. Because it's he like he can
0: be a red zone monster, man. He did it in Pittsburgh.
3: He's he yeah he's the last time he had a the Big Ben. Say what you will, but Big Ben that year was slinging the ball like he was huck it chuck it football, like desperation football. And then the next year he wasn't good. But whatever you are getting from Big Ben was better than what you got from Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett threw seven touchdown passes
0: yeah right? oh, that's because that's because big ben was wishing him by uh, a bad,
3: a bad <laughs> He was like, yeah he had like the, I, I saw that dude he admitted yeah, it I too can't right believe
0: it. i love it the he had like I, a Kenny Pickett after... like
3: voodoo doll that he was yeah. like poking or whatever dude what is that, that why are you gonna root against him at, to protect your legacy that's bonkers right. bro i
0: yeah uh, that's that's a little bit of insecurity right well, there. it's like yeah, it's I like if you break up love. with a girl you don't want her to go out with like tom brady you know what i mean that, you know, i guess that's true yeah you know it's the that same thing
3: Ah, uh, I guess that's right, dude. All right.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: But I'm going to ask you guys, Darno Mooney, are you doing it? Are you guys doing it? Are you guys picking him at all? I, I don't think I've picked him yet.
0: People forget. He, he's he, the he one I've you, taken the least. He, same. I, I agree. But I'm looking at like we, Dude, he gave you two top five weeks in two years ago. Yeah. He, he gave you 120, 121. Um, and this is, what, a touchdown and, and six receptions. So <laughs> – I mean, he was all over the place that year. I mean, they've added weapons, but again, because we don't know how this plays out, we don't know how this offense plays out at all. So he's he's coming back. He wasn't there last year, he wasn't strong last year. So the whole recency bias is is definitely playing a factor. But he has just a chance as any of these guys to to be a, a top yeah. target monster there in Chicago.
3: I have him I have him on hold for now just because uh I saw Somebody said they don't have answers on when he'll be back. I don't like the sound of that. Oh, bad.
0: injury? You mean injury-wise, like health-wise? Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, health-wise. Yeah, I mean, if he was if he was completely healthy, I think we would all know us. I mean, how many best ball drafts do you – how many drafts do you get? You guys do a million drafts every offseason, right? So you yeah, – Too many. Like, you have to have a couple shares, right? Like, I think our homework walking away from this is to get Mooney. But I, I don't think that – I look at his ADP, and I don't think people realize how serious of an injury he suffered last year uh and i don't think that it's a situation where when we see him actually healthy his adp is going to skyrocket no. so i think i'm just going to wait a little bit for somebody to tell me he's okay Yeah, i'm at because,
0: five, five percent ownership but i didn't think yeah, yeah. he was still hurt though that's that's a big that's a big factor i didn't realize he was still hurt
3: the last thing i saw is uh is eber it's eberflus right matt yeah, i can yep. Some names I just never figure I just hope they go away sometimes. You nailed that one. Right?
0: You nailed yeah.
3: it. Irreflutus. Yeah. So, like, I, um, he said, uh, he says he doesn't, he doesn't have answers about when Mooney will be back. I don't like that. Yeah.
2: definitely. I don't
3: <laughs> like that. Yeah. So, how,
2: how, how about, uh, So, Cole Komet is kind of a different case. Um, You know, because last year he was a Yang tight end, right? You know, he he was that guy we were looking to, you know, could be number two on targets on the team. Do you think it's inevitable now that he's a Yin tight end? Yeah. Has he inevitably crossed over?
3: I think he's even, I'm just out on him that this year. Well, I mean, the crazy thing with him last year is that, like, I got so much flack when he scored zero points over the first two weeks. But he finished at tight end eight. Like, he ended up being a good best ball tight end, not trustworthy in the least. And that's the scary thing about the tight end position. Tight end six, Tyler Higbee, was unstartable. Unstartable. Like, there were in the beginning of the year, you could start him. This guy was playing a 90% snap share and throwing down zero spots in games. Like, you could not possibly trust this guy to be your starting tight end. And he still technically finished as tight end six based on accumulation of stats. So, that's why I avoid that whole area in the middle there. It's either, it's either go big or go home. But Cole Komet, we are, obviously we're scared. Not only do they bring in more weapons, but that team threw the fewest amount of passes we've seen in a very, very long time. I looked it up. Not just them, but the, but the Falcons. You have to go back to 2019 Jets. Uh, sorry, 2009 Jets. Not 1999. Jets. So we're talking almost 15 years. 2009 Jets to find a team that threw that few number of passes. So obviously it's got to come up a little bit, but how far does it come up? Not enough to support two wide receivers and a tight end. I don't think so. The yeah, last time we had the last time we had two top 24 wide receivers and a top 5 tight end was the uh Denver Broncos in 2013 when Peyton Manning threw 55 touchdown passes. That's yeah. that it's crazy.
2: So you do not think that Justin Fields is going to throw for 55 touchdowns? That's,
3: that's <laughs> I, you know, what? like we said, I won't, I, I won't, I, I won't put it in the, I won't leave it out. But let's just say that take that 99% we put on Jamar Chase, <laughs> I'll put it there. I'll tell yeah. you what, I had the one of my buddies who follows me on Twitter. Uh, the one year I like posted like I was, he was so after Mahomes threw 50 touchdown passes. He was like all over me being like his floor is 40 touchdown passes. I was like you can't say that about anybody. And he goes, I was like we don't even know any one of these guys could lead a number of guys. And he was like he was like no chance Lamar Jackson could lead and I was like he might. And then he did. <laughs> then he did and dude, I retweeted I think I've retweeted that and then unretweeted it. Four different times. Like, I'll just go back and just bat. Like, I'll take my buddy's tweet where he's like, no chance. Lamar Jackson leads in touchdowns. And I'll just re- – maybe after the show I'll go in and retweet it again because it's funny to put him on blast.
2: It's, it, it's about time, I would say. It's about time. <laughs>
3: I think it's about time to put him on blast again. And although I will say this kid this kid was – he was the one that brought Darren Waller to me. Mm. So I didn't know. I, I didn't know his story. And he's a pretty plugged in kid. And he was like – this guy is a wide receiver and he, he was washed. He was washed out. And I was like, okay, he's, I put him on my radar. And the moment Antonio Brown, you know, brought a fake helmet to practice and froze his feet off and called the GM a cracker, cracker. Did, <laughs> I, sure I was like, I was like, the moment that started happening, I was like this guy and I'm like, let's move this guy up a little bit. Right. And it's like, just think about how Darren Wall, how we got Darren Waller. Brian Edwards bust, second round pick, third round pick uh, was that guy that was like a half running back they traded to the the Dolphins with the tattoos all on his neck, oh, and yeah. uh, and then um, and then Henry Rogers went to jail. So it was like Darren Waller, total red carpet, total like circus red carpet move to get him into that spot, you know. And now he's there again.
2: Yep. Hey, it just falls right for some people, no doubt about it. Yeah. So here, here was a good question from the one of our listeners. Um, how is the Cowboys tight end situation going to work itself out? Yeah, I, I know my answer to this. I'm, <laughs> I'm dying to hear yours. It <laughs> yeah, might be my. The same.
3: <laughs> I, I mean, well, I'll tell you what, how is it going to work out. It's going to work out like uh, I'm going to be watching it with like binoculars from a long way away. Like, is that the same yes. answer for you? <laughs> I'll be watching exactly from, like, a answer. million miles away, dude. That's why I'll be watching it. Because, like, I I can't look. I have to look at those pass catchers and say, this guy is at least as good of a pass catcher as the wide receiver two or three. Right? So I have to, like, CD Lamb, it's out of the question. Right? Mm-hmm. The, I mean, like, Luke Schoonmaker, like, come on now. Like, there's no, I mean, that's obviously out of the question. But, like. Brandon Cooks is. Say what you will, if he play, if he continues to play for another five years, it's gonna be hard to look at his stats and say that guy's not a Hall of Fame caliber player. Like when you look at him, he's twenty. How is he still twenty nine years old, dude? Like, if you sort the guys his age, twenty nine or under, it's like him. Obviously, like it's like him, Jerry Rice, Larry Fitz, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown. He's like eight on that list of yards, right? Like, so that's a good player. Michael Gallup's a good player. I don't believe in any one of, I mean, Jake Ferguson could be the starting tight end. The rookie could. Peyton Hendershot could play a bunch of slot. I'm with you, Dan. I'm just like, no.
2: All all we've got is a lot of narrative that, you know, Dak loved throwing to, you know, Dalton Schultz. And now you have basically three Dalton Schultzes instead of one. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. I mean, I, when you, I just, and when you go back,
3: when you go back through the Dalton Schultz history, there's a lot of like Robert Tunyon to it, where oh, it was yes. like Robert Tunyon had that three touchdown game versus the Falcons when Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard were out and three of the Falcons safeties were out. It's like, yeah, I've got, Dan, you would have had two touchdowns in that game. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you're Robert, <laughs> at least two. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to give you three. I'm not going to give you three, but you would have had two. I would have dropped the third one. I won't mention
0: <laughs> like last year. The, the problem yeah. for me with Ferguson, as much as like coming into this offseason, I was like, oh, Jake Ferguson, you know, he's he's gonna be alone getting targets there. He's gonna replace Schultz, yada, yada, yada. I like the guys going around him a lot more. Like, I like Jelani Woods in, in yes. I, love I love everything about him. He's he's more settled in, in that offense now. He's uh second, third year now, he's just athletic freak. He's got a you know young quarterback coming in now. Ty Conklin, we talked about, he's going in that range. Even Trey McBride, man, in Arizona, he gave us some nice Uh catches. And you talk about another offense that, you know, we don't know who's, we don't even know Popkin's going to be there. Um, And then even Hayden Hurst, we talk about the Carolina offense and how we don't know those targets, which way they're going to go. Hurst is another piece you want to mix into that uh, ownership percentage.
2: Yep, yep, for sure. Um, Coop, how are you doing for time? We don't want to overstay our welcome with you, but –
3: Bro, every time I come on the show, I plan to overstay. <laughs> right, like yeah, yeah. I always know. I mean, have we ever done just an hour?
2: No, we have. What do
3: you? How you guys? How you guys feeling? I'm. I, you know me. Like I'm down to chat a little bit. Let's at least answer. Yeah, let's. Answer, go yeah,
0: we, let's uh, go through some more of these. Dan, did you make it yeah. to? Uh, uh,
3: can we hit? Can we hit 1912's question in the chat? Let's get the chat question as well Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's a good one. So here's the thing on on Dulcich. Like coming into it, this all like I like I like Dulcich. So my Dynasty strategy is very simple. There's an article up on Fantasy Alarm. It's called the SORT system, S-O-R-T. And that's start opportunity, roster talent. I would put the roster talent part first, but that's not a word, right? So right. like SORT is, you know, but like the whole idea is you want to collect as many talented players and wait for the window to open for them to be a top target on the team. Dallas Garter, a premier example. Delaney Walker is maybe a little yes. extreme extreme example, right? Like said, we waited seven years for, but he was a top five tight end like three years in a row. Uh, once he got out from under Vernon Davis, but so like Dulcich, we like wide receivers converted to tight end. The problem is, I look at that offense and you have Sean Payton, and he's building his offense, so he's bringing in all his old friends, and included in that group is Chris Manhertz a blocking tight end, Adam Trotman, a blocking tight end, and Michael Burton, a a fullback that on the Saints played 25 to 30% of the snaps. The problem with that, especially for the wide receivers, is that when you bring a fullback in the game, you're not taking the tight end out. You're not taking the running back out. Who comes out? One of the pass catchers, right? The pass catching tight end or the wide receiver. So when I look around and I say, we have to find snaps now, from Michael Burton and Adam Trotman and Chris Manhurts. And these are the pass catchers. It's Greg Dulcich and Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick. And they drafted Marvin Mims and they still have KJ Hamler. And they inexplicably decided to bring Marquez Callaway over from who Sean Payton had with the Saints. It's like just this mishmash. Uh, like, how are we going to find snaps for all these guys? So, and then I hear... Sean Payton at the combine saying it's Greg Dulcich is impossible. He's like some guys are more difficult than others to assess. I'm like, dude, I don't want you to say that about Dulcich. Say you're supposed to say he's good, right? You're supposed to say we love this guy. So I am very scared for Dulcich, which to me is a guy I love in Dynasty. I would never at this point drop or trade him unless I got really good value. But I'm not taking him in best ball until I figure out I find out what the plan is. What the hell is the plan? What are they doing? Why do, what are, like, what are they doing, guys? Do you guys have any idea like
2: I No. And, and yeah. here's the thing, I'm I'm mad at Peyton too, because I went out and I traded for Dulcich in Dynasty because I was going with a hey, let's roster some talent. I yeah. needed some talent at tight end on this team. So I went out, I traded for him, and then three days later, Sean Payton comes out and says his crap about, Yeah, he's a he's a hard guy to figure. You know, Dad,
3: what the <laughs> hell was <Yeah>. that, dude? <laughs> what like, are you doing? <laughs>
2: And so, you know, now Now I'm like, okay, now I'm going to have to go uh, draft Dalton Kincaid in my rookie draft because oh, I, I can't count on Dulcich anymore.
3: I'll tell you this. I'll give uh, – so for the June 1 is a deadline where if you cut or trade somebody before that date, uh, you all the cap hit hits this year. If you do it after, and you can spread it over the two years, you can't designate cuts afterwards, but trades you have to wait. I'm going to wait at least wait. Julio Jones is a great example. 2021, he was traded on June 6th. With that, specifically to spread the cap hit over two years. If they don't trade a wide receiver in June, it's going to be very difficult for me to draft Greg Dulcich in July. It's going to be very hard for me to do that. So I will give it through June. I have the, the, the yellow tape around him. I'm not drafting him right now. Uh, if they do trade a wide receiver, which there are a lot of rumors surrounding it in June... Then we're back, baby. We're back, right. Dan. But until then, I just can't. I can't do it.
2: Yeah, I I think that's the best way to go about it. So let's let's hit a couple of these situations uh, real quick here. Uh, you know, Cleveland I think is another fun one. Uh, yeah. You, you know, we got a we got Amari up at wide receiver sixteen. We got Elijah Moore at wide receiver fifty one. Donovan Peoples Jones at wide receiver sixty eight, and then there's a whole bunch of guys you can get for free: Cedric Tillman, Marquise Goodwin, David Bell. You know all of those, and then uh, and then you got Nj- Njoku, You know who we should be talking yin and yang about too. So yeah. what what are your thoughts on this situation?
3: So for me, this is one where I my confidence meter is high enough on Amari Cooper, a player. It's not just because he has the arguably the best last name in the league, but <laughs> I <laughs> I do I will. Yeah, let's go, boy. Fire up those horns. Let's go. So I will take Amari Cooper. I'll put the reach glasses. I would do reach for Mark Cooper uh a little bit because I he had his he had he was so close to having his best season ever last year. Yardage he was like 20 yards off, and that's playing with Jacoby Brissett and a rusty Deshaun Watson. I don't think they did enough. The Elijah Moore, you could play. we'll we'll talk about that next. But I'm so I'm willing to reach on this one. Uh, I don't think he's ambiguous enough. Uh, I will draft some of the other guys later, but uh, I'm willing to reach. The question on David Njoku is, can he be in the target mix? If if all those guys, if so, after Amari, if all those guys get the same number of targets, Njoku, Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples Jones, Njoku is infinitely more valuable because he has the tight end eligibility. Right? Uh, I thought immediately Elijah Moore would be the guy. Uh, funny side. Thing I I tweeted, is it gonna be Elijah Moore or Dawn of People's Jones? And this and this one dude popped in to my tweets and he was like, it's definitely DPJ. And I like clicked his profile and it was DPJ's uncle that was in my replies. <laughs> <rise. laughs> so I was like, all right, I was like, okay, dude. Right, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny, yeah. But uh, I want to throw it to you, JD, because so like we have, uh, let's say this, Amari. I I've I my flag in Amari. I think he's a guy. Uh, we know in Joku, We like the uncertainty and the idea. Uh, are you personally at ADP? Are you taking Elijah Moore or DPJ at all, or, and, or Anthony Schwartz? I mean, I guess.
0: Huge, huge. Oh, I lean. Anthony Schwartz. Yeah, yeah. A huge lean for me on Elijah Moore. I just okay. I, before he was in the doghouse in New York for you know whatever reason. He he looked good, man. He looked like a prospect that was was gonna ascend and you know if the quarterback position situation and all that mess in in New York never happened I think he's got an opportunity man he's got an opportunity to resurrect his his uh his career right now like we said other than Cooper nobody's really established and Joku's been there and Joku's been one of these like slow tight ends you know like he came out everybody was pumped he's athletic everybody loved him he didn't do shit at first and then he almost got cut, I believe, or traded like a couple off seasons ago. Yeah.
3: They they fell for it, bro. They fell for the Austin Hooper like, totally, target totally. machine.
0: And dude. Hooper's gone. And then all of a sudden, people forgot about Njoku. And he's out there alone. And he looked good. And now he's like, he, I th- he could he could be top five easy this year. He's got all the tools to be top five. But for me, out of the guys we mentioned, the guy I like the most is Elijah Moore. We haven't seen him in this offense. DPJ, D- we've seen this in, in this offense, you know.
3: We've seen DPJ in this offense without Elijah Moore, right? And it wasn't that. It wasn't that good, and it wasn't that good, dude. And so I'm, I'm with you on that, man. And you know what's funny about these NFL teams that like we do in the back of our mind, we have to. We always uh, like. I personally, I do side with the scouts. I believe that a lot of these guys are very smart, very talented. Like Brad Holmes for the Lions, formerly the Rams. Like the GM there, like I, I, I now at this point trust him. You know, but. It's funny that the the Browns could fall for like a fantasy football fallacy with Austin Hooper, where the, the Falcons threw fifty more passes than the next closest team, and they were like, "Yeah, Austin Hooper's good," <laughs> or, or or maybe volume just kind of boosted that up. So
0: don't lie, yeah. man. You like you like Hooper in Vegas this year. Come on, man. He's like what? he's the last guy. He's like your last hope when you're drafting. Bro, he's that last guy.
3: You can't.
2: When you when you have every team you know with three guys on Julio and two more guys on Ridley, that does not leave a whole lot for Hooper. So
3: <laughs> I'll tell you when when uh, 1912 says when when Hunter Renfro gets traded to the Saints, if that happens, then we can start talking about it. But they have two Jacoby Myerses now, they have two Renfros now, and Devontae right. Adams. Like you need a big shake up, and they drafted Michael Mayer. Man, they like you know, everyone thought he was the best tight end. We talked about it on this show. Uh, I think we talked before draft that you know we, we weren't really feeling it right, like uh, big time, right? We, we, I feel like the Sam Laporta and Dalton Kincaid talk. I should have done a lot more victory lapping. I feel maybe I am growing up, guys. What do you think?
2: Um, well, I don't know.
3: The I old me. Ne- <laughs> so nice. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, you know that I am not. You know I will never. And I do. I was trying yeah. to be nice. Yeah, it's the funny thing is I do. Uh, like I come on here, I people i think sometimes people look at my twitter and they think that i don't know what i'm talking about it's just like twitter is a place for me for like memes and jokes and stuff i right how do you get a full thought out on twitter it's it's not even possible dude you know and everyone i give,
0: I give credit to those who are able to do it because some guys go put like a thread or like a hole and and you're like wow like that's some nice presentation i couldn't even get through the first i'm fumbling you know it's i just can't. yeah
3: well i don't get paid to I don't get paid like my Twitter's like you know it's it's fun but like I write the articles man like that's what I get paid to do you know so it's like if I want to take that put in the thread too much
0: logistics t- involved when this, you start adding like threads and stuff you know? I don't got time. This, this on, podcast is for
2: for all the listeners. Yep. My Twitter is more for me. You know it's yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. My to be <laughs> my Actually, friends to mess yeah, around, love, right? I love, how you say <laughs>
0: that. I love how you say that. It's kind of how I feel. I, yeah, I yeah.
3: That's for memes, dude. I, if you want to have a serious discussion with me on social media, then look for my Reddit posts, right? That's where we get in the weeds, where I can have character. There's no character limit, I argue. I will I will get in the weeds over there. But on Twitter, dude, come on now.
0: Or DM. DMs are fine in, on Twitter. Yep. Like, I don't mind. I know guys like Joel, DM me, Joey, uh, you know, 1912. Dan and I, obviously, and yeah, yeah, even yeah. Andrew, and we'll get into some DMs. But, uh, yeah, like out there just putting tweets out. And then the, the problem is there's there's so much more to the tweet. 99.99% of the time and then people right. are just like reacting on that one set of words, you know, so it just, it, it's almost meaningless at a certain point,
3: you know. Exactly, man. Uh, shout out to people that are very good at, there are some friends of ours that are very good at larger. Twitter. I'm, yes. I'm not that good. I'm, I'm not that good at it. I will, I'll throw out a couple memes though, like a, a couple chuckles, but like the these podcasts, this show, the articles we talk about on this show, so the, the late round, you know, the virus, the End stuff's coming up soon, the uh, wide receiver dart throw articles up there. That's like, you know, that's how you win your league. You don't win your league because you saw somebody's cat in the hat meme on Twitter, you know? Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> mean, right. Honestly. So, follow so, me so. on Twitter at Coupé Fiasco.
0: <laughs> <laughs> at Coupe Fiasco, must follow no. at <laughs> on the end. I'm at your district. Guys, let's let's get back to there there's some you talked you, you mentioned a name that I'm surprised we're how many minutes now we're uh what one twelve? But when it feels all-
3: like 10 minutes, uh, when oh, I all- with all-
0: guys. Cade, man, this, this guy, I'm telling you, I, I think this guy wins or loses leagues this year. In my opinion, I, I feel like he's the, the Kyle pits uh, of this year. In, in, in my opinion, I don't know if he's going to give you everything you want from him, but obviously in Buffalo, um, you know, we're talking about kind of, you know, uh, target trees, narrow target trees, Who? What are the 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 rankings of the of the targets in that offense? Buffalo's perfect one, obviously. Diggs is there, but Dalton Kincaid gets drafted at at his draft capital. So you 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 know they're talking big slot. What do you like or not like about Dalton Kincaid in Buffalo, and how do you like him at ADP and in fantasy?
3: Yeah, the the rookie tight end fallacy to me is exhausting because there. I mean, there is. I know. I but I will. I this is great spot to clear the air like i i'm going to go in and probably clip some of this stuff and just take it and start like throwing it at people because like here's the situation people say you can't tight ends can't be good before year 3 they have to develop and you know it's a complex position it is a complex position but the reality is the the reason they don't break out is one because they have to be the best pass catching tight end on the team and you have a room of tight ends when you get drafted, and usually someone's good. So, like, Cole Komet had to get past Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham was old, and he wasn't really blocking at all, but blocking doesn't matter, right? Dallas Goddard had to get past Zach Ertz. That's the thing. It's very rare that a team drafts a Kyle Pitts and says, you, Kyle, are immediately better at pass catching than Hayden Hurst. That's the first hurdle. And then the second hurdle is what we talked about earlier. Now they also need to be better than the top two targets on the team. And here's the problem. If you have a team that has a garbage pass-catching tight end, they probably have a couple good pass-catching wide receivers. Unless the team is just complete nothing, right? Like, you have to balance it somehow. Either you have Kelsey and okay wide receivers, or you have good wide receivers and Irv Smith. Right? We'll bash on Irv Smith one more time. Yes. And you know what I mean? But like, how often do you have a complete He's gonna
0: finish tight end six this year, guys?
3: How please. often do you have a <laughs> He might, dude? He might, but he'll be unstartable in redraft. <laughs> he'll be Tyler Higby again. Oh, so, but, how, but how often do you have just a complete ghost ship like nobody team? Like unless you have an expansion team, like how often do you have that? You have you had basically for rookie tight ends that were successful, there are there were three that I was alive for, and then Mike Dicka, who I was not I don't think I was alive when he was a rookie, but he was a very good rookie season. Uh, there was Jeremy Shockey, uh, and then there was Evan Ingram when when uh, Odell got hurt, and then there was Kyle Pitts, who had 1,000 yards, uh, which 1,000 yards at his age is obscene. Travis Kelsey didn't have 1,000 yards until he was 27. Zach Ertz has one singular 1,000-yard 1, season at 28 years old, right? So, uh, And then he needed 150 targets to get there. That's why speed is so important. But like, that's why we look and say, is it possible? And this year with Dalton Kincaid, it's possible. I mean, he's a better pass catcher than Dawson Knox. He'll be in the slot. It's him versus Gabe Davis to be the number two target on the team. I don't think it's crazy for him to get the second most targets on the team after Stephon Diggs. And if Diggs goes down, then it's then I mean,
2: then it's bananas.
3: Then it's bananas, man. And I'll also slide in Zach Laporta and say, "Hey, Jamison Williams suspended for a good number of games. It's Laporta versus Marvin Jones versus Gibbs. Like AR ARSB will get his, of course. But I mean, it's it's also not crazy there. So I'm usually pouring cold water all over rookie tight ends in redraft this year. There's been basically three three times I've been in, and it was Pitt. It was Ingram, and it's Pitts. And then now it's these guys. And next year I hope next year if Brock Bowers I might be in again, depending on landing spot. But very rare, very rare. But I will. I'm in. I'm in on Kincaid, man.
0: All right, let, and, let's do some OTC, man. Let's see how in you are. Kincaid or Injoku?
3: Kincaid. Uh, yes. Uh, well, actually, <laughs> damn, that's was, what wasn't
0: that, was there I,
2: memes hey, just like that?
3: It's illegal to ask me that question. <laughs> you can start. <laughs> hey, start higher than Injoku. Can we start higher? So I would draft Kincaid over Fryermuth. I would. I'm drafting a wow. Joker over Fryermuth. They're Muth. back
0: to back. They're back to back. right I
3: now. worry about Fryermuth because same game, right? So right. like Deontay Johnson going to get more targets. Do you think George Pickens gets more targets or do you think Fryermuth does? No. And if you like Fryermuth, and you, for those listening at home, if you like Fryermuth, and you think Pickens gets more targets, and you think Deontay Johnson gets more targets, then you must love Kenny Pickett, and you must be drafting Kenny Pickett in every draft. And we did this last year with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, where we said if you like drafting either of these players at their ADP, so, then you're drafting Tua, mm-hmm. and it actually worked drafting yep. Tua until yep. he got hurt. So, are yep. we in on Pickett? Hey, are you guys? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I like you're it. in. I like. I like,
0: I, I like this for I,
3: I've this I've I I've nice. kind of. I've kind of like, I've talked myself into him. The thing is, Dan, though, I was I, like, I've made a bunch of candy Pickett jokes, like, mm-hmm. you know, small hands, seven touchdowns, whatever. But JD, I think I'm, I think I'm, I have, I've mixed him in.
0: He, he, you know? he, he could be the best QB3 right now in Superflex. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, it, it, it's just basically, you know, you're looking at the situation with the pass catchers and you're going, okay, if I value all these guys as highly, then I have to value the quarterback higher. And the funny thing is, is we get the exact same thing again with Tua that we had last year. Waddle and Tyreek Hill still going super high in drafts, and guess what? Tua still not going that high in drafts. Right. You know, it's like it's like we learned nothing from last year.
0: Anthony Richardson going ahead of Tua. Yeah.
3: crazy man I, it's that it's the Konami code bro it's a fever okay so let's get back to it I'm I, now I, now that we've talked through it I'm willing to say Kinkade over Joku okay. alright but I have both of them over Muth
0: Dan are you the same with uh, Kinkade over Njoku
2: and Muth I'm I'm definitely Kincaid over Muth. I haven't been drafting Muth really that much at all, just yeah, because I don't know, I don't know. I'm a this little is, this bit. This is
3: redraft, a, not best ball,
0: right? Right. Yeah. 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 Fantasy Pros. Yep. Yep. Yes. Exactly.
2: And I'm I'm a little bit, you know, I'm not down on Muth, but I'm just not up on him enough because I don't believe enough in Kenny Pickett. I'm still trying to get my Kenny Pickett belief, which is putting me a little bit behind, uh, you know, like I'm not as big on uh, Pickens this year and I'm not as big on Fryermuth this year because I'm not as big, you know, I have a hard time getting there on picket. So I'm going, okay, well, then I've got to adjust these pass catchers down. So, you know, that's where I'm at. Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. But, right. you know, I but yeah, I mean, I think uh, Kincaid over Njoku, uh,
0: I, I I think that's a fair take. Uh, Give me Njoku every time, and I'll put money on it. Who wants to put oh, money on it? I think no, I like it, man. We're done on the board, man. He, well, he's, guys, safe, you he's, safer. he's safer. He's safer. He's definitely safer. But
3: who has a higher upside? Yeah.
2: I, I, I think it's got to be Kincaid.
3: It's close. It's close. But Njoku, yeah. Njoku we like, dude. See, but if you, weird, like Njoku, and if you like Njoku that much, you kind of have to fade off Elijah Moore a little bit. Uh, can we pull up Christopher Davis's comment here? Yes. In the thing? Because I think he makes he makes an interesting point right because we uh, i do agree with christopher davis that see, there's I'm a lot
0: just gonna see i was just gonna ask you this
3: part mean. of it i agree with this part of it i agree with um you know for those just listening uh do you want to read what he said yeah yeah, exactly. yeah,
0: you, yeah yeah so he's basically saying if they if they play kincaid as a slot why wouldn't they just draft a real wide receiver instead i can't see him doing much knocks all day
3: okay so in that from that token, I fully agree with the premise of the point up until the knocks all day part where yes. so many times, every offseason we say this running back is going to play slot or this tight end is going to play slot. And then the truth is there are better wide receivers. So Tony Pollard does not play slot. Creebun does not play slot, right? The thing with this guy, though, is that he is a wide receiver. He is just a big wide receiver. Like he's the exact guy Chan Gailey would be drooling with the, with the big slot, like Eric Decker. This is guy is, like, basically Eric Decker, right? That's why we're drafting him. That's why they drafted him. And if Christopher Davis here is right, and this guy's a part-time player playing a 40 to 50% snap share as a first-round pick, in the Bills' window to compete now, their GM should be fired. Right? I believe it's Brandon Bean. If they're, they, they use their first pick, first-round pick, In this year, when they need to win now, and the windows are closing on Stephon Diggs, who's 29 years old, and all these guys, if they draft Dalton Kincaid and he's not a full-time, impactful part of this team, after seeing other teams trade their first-round pick for A.J. Brown and Marquise Brown, then the GM, he should be on the hot seat. So that's that's the rationale there, Christopher Davis. And you might be right. You might be right that maybe he's not... The guy, but if he's not, then the Bills' front office, uh, the the owner, the Terry Pagula, should be pissed, dude.
0: See, Dan, yeah. last night I was saying I, I like how Larky Larky changed my mind on somebody. I don't remember who it is at this point, but let,
2: uh, let, like, let me throw in real quick on Kincaid if I can. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, yeah, Dan.
3: jump in. Ahead.
2: A, a couple thoughts on that. Number one, why aren't why wouldn't they just draft a real wide receiver instead? That comes down to also partially the second contract. What are you going to pay a tight end on a second contract versus what you're going to pay a wide receiver? True. You know, it, it, it's you know, if you can get that that tight end who can act exactly like a wide receiver, they're going to be cheaper. That's and, a you know, good point, and, Actually, no. And
3: so. and Mike, Mike Iseki messed that up. Yes. Mike Iseki <laughs> played ninety percent of the snaps at wide receiver and let them tag him. So now right. no one can fight the tag. Yeah. Exactly. So that's a good point. That's a good yep. point.
2: That's and, a and, awesome. and secondly, yeah. I mean, you know, you've get, so you've got him in there. You can also run 12 personnel now with Knox and Kincaid. And, you know, so it can make you more multiple on offense. It makes it a little bit tougher to defend. I see a lot, you know, I see all these tight ends getting drafted. And I see teams, you know, like the Vikings going out and spending big bucks to get Josh Oliver. And I'm going, I think there's a lot more 12 personnel coming in this year. Uh, then you know because it's been fairly it was fairly successful last year. I think a lot of coaches are looking at that, going, yeah, "I think we need to run a little more twelve here."
3: Dan, do you want to know what's funny about that? Is what's that? I so right? Right when the Patriots got Kusecki and the Bills got Kincaid, I was thinking about exactly what you just said, and I went to Pro Football Focus and I pulled up Sauce Gardner, and you know how many snaps he played in the slot last year? No, nine. <laughs> So what if these yeah. teams? What if both teams, when they play the Jets, they take Mike Gasecki and Dalton Kicade and they put them at put them out wide, and on the other side they have Devonte Parker and uh, you know Gabe Davis, and they move Diggs and Juju in the slot, and they say, "Hey, I dare you to come on in here to Sauce Gardner, because Sauce Gardner is that good." So I, it's kind of funny. It's like now you're seeing the chessboard set up. For how it's going to show down. This guy played zero slot. If the Patriots, I think about it, as a Patriots fan, I'm like, go ahead, dude. It's like, put him on Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker will have zero catches, but who cares, right? So, it's yeah. like, you're going to have to figure out, like, do the, does he want to go in there? I'll, I'll be so interested to see if he goes in there. And both teams are doing it now. Uh, I look at the, the Dolphins, can't really escape. But... You know, sauce will cover one of Tyree Killer Waddle and the other one will have big days. So uh it's kinda interesting the ch- the chess these guys play, dude.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. And that's you know, that's part of the reason why why we see those uh big tight ends, you know, because it's it's hard to find a big slot wide receiver, but there are certainly advantages to having a you know a big slot. So if you can't do it with a wide receiver, you do it with the tight end.
3: Yeah. Patriots you know? just committed to it. They brought another one. Did you see it today?
0: What did they bring in?
3: They brought in uh oh, Anthony guess. Anthony Firkser.
0: Yes, Firkser. Firk All him right.
3: up, Firk him up, baby, let's <laughs> go. <laughs> so Gusecki goes down, Ferkser slides right. They, they're committing to it. They're committing to that uh, setup.
2: Yep, yep, no doubt about it.
0: All right, what? Uh, we're we're almost to it. Let's do a last year. one, Dan. He, right. Since he segued, he segued into it, so he set you up. Come on.
3: Jim. Okay, what do you got?
2: Go for it, JD.
0: Oh, are you yes. to th- all right, all right. Yeah. Well, what talk- do you got? Because you talked about sauce. And, and last night with with uh, Larky, we talked about the the, the Jets quite a bit. Um, obviously, the Jets right now are, you know, they're winning the Super Bowl right now in the offseason. They've won the offseason Super Bowl, let's face it. You know, between Rodgers being all over the news and all over TV and, and you know, everyone just being awesome out there in New York. Um, but now you've got Rodgers joining a guy that we saw last year, Garrett Wilson, just explode uh, as a rookie, even even in a dis- disaster situation, right? So do you have any concerns, I guess, with Garrett Wilson going into the season? How do you see his targets uh, play out in this offense, especially the fact that they bring in guys like Lazard, right, who comes in. He's not necessarily free. I mean, he's going wide receiver 49 right now. Um, but then you've got guys like Miko Hardman that they bring in from KC with that Super Bowl experience. You've got Corey Davis who's just ruined all kinds of fantasy lives with his end of season, you know, uh, wide receiver two uh, finishes. Cobb comes in as as Rogers, you know, best bud that he's got to take everywhere with him. It's like his little pillow. You know that kid that carries his pillow everywhere. That's yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah. His, his pillow with the boogers uh, all over it. <laughs> 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 with the crusty boogers. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. Oh. My right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a Little late on that one, but I was in the middle of a question. You know, come on. Um, yeah, yeah. But no, but with all those components, because they're obviously you know you got Rogers coming, you got to load up the weapons. So is G Dub still the guy there, or do you have? <sighs>
3: You know the thing is he is, and so he is the guy, and I believe he's the guy. But at ADP, I'm just missing. I'm not getting them because you got to take him at that turn right now, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm so in on Ceedee Lamb, like I can't take him before Ceedee Lamb. So I I've seen him, and I've, that's where I see him go, like right at that turn. And I just look around, and I'm like, do I take Jonathan Taylor or do I take Garrett Wilson? I'm like. It's hard for me. It's hard for me. And I'll tell you one big part of it is I, I wrote an article this offseason on DK Metcalf. And I we know that DK Metcalf, he led the league in end zone targets. Then I looked at the year past and he had double digit end zone targets. And he had for four years in a row, he's had double digit end zone targets. So I was like, damn, like that's I feel like that's rare. So I started looking around to see if any other player did have double digit end zone targets three years in a row. Even he had four, he's doing with four. Guess who Guess who else has double-digit end zone targets three years
0: in a row? Devontae Adams?
3: Or? Alan Lazard. Um, Alan no Lazard. way. <laughs> Even with the injuries and never, stuff. You could have given I, me I know, time. bro. Even when we're talking about him, right? right. So it's like, but Rogers is that guy. I watched him throw 13 touchdown passes to James Jones wearing a goddamn sweatshirt. Like, <laughs> remember that? What was that? Yeah, like, you know, they, they quietly made that illegal after that year. I was like, what is, that? I was like, what is going on? Is it, is, does this dude even want to play, but he just kept scoring touchdowns every week? He picks a guy, right? He picks his guy, gets dialed in. Like, I have a hard time believing. Garrett Wilson could get 140 targets, 150 targets. I think that's absolutely within the range of outcomes. He'd get 170 targets. It's not crazy. But... How when it gets to the end zone, sometimes that timing, you know, when when Aaron Rodgers does that garbage where he is, you know, fudges a snap count and somebody goes off sides, and then he he gets a free play, which he's so good at that. That ball is going to Alan Lazard, right? So like, and now they have Brees Hall pass catching back, Michael Carter quietly, 50 plus targets two years in a row. Like, they got all these weapons. Corey Davis, they said he's not going anywhere. Uh, say what you will, great run blocker, and he'll get his targets. So I do worry that that's just enough for me and the QB uncertainty that I don't spend up. That's the flip side of these QB changes and Nathaniel Hackett's and all the uncertainty is that you don't want to pay up for the top part of the uncertainty, right? That's where we want the certainty. If I'm using a second round pick, there's too many certain options there. There's too many... Josh Jacobs and Ramondre Stevenson's and sometimes even DeMonte. It's like this two I go through and I'm like, Am I gonna risk my whole season on this? On Aaron Rodgers. He already has a calf injury. I don't know, man. Are you guys doing it? I I and that that's the hard part about Dynasty versus redraft is I truly believe that Garrett Wilson is a special talent, right? Yeah, like exactly. so, like I like the player. He's going to have a good career. The age Apex for wide receivers is twenty seven years old. Twenty six years old. So no matter what he you don't tra- you don't trade him in dynasty. I'm just saying I'm a little worried about the circus that just came to town.
2: Yeah, I I, I think um, you've got to you know, I'm underweight on him, but I'm not not drafting him, you know, because too many things can't happen. I mean, you know, if if, if uh, Rogers develops a mind meld with him, I mean, you know, we've seen what oh, happens.
3: Could be, could be, you, you know, yeah.
2: And you know, also, you know, I. I'm right there with you. I mean, it's really hard to draft him over CeeDee Lamb. I mean, you, you pretty much got to take Lamb. But I also want to make sure I have some because what if C.D. Lamb gets hurt? And you know, yeah. you don't you don't want to be you know completely shut out on a guy. I've I've done that to myself too many times. Uh, I've I've just learned you know, if um, unless I have really really strong reasons to to completely fade somebody in the first couple of rounds, I'm not going to fade them completely. Uh, you know, I might take Dude, just a couple oh shares, God. but you
3: just you just put Garrett Wilson, wide receiver one overall, in my brain, and now I have to go get him. I I just <laughs> well, that, you just gave me I, I you was, just gave me homework, bro.
0: I, I was just gonna <laughs> say I was just gonna say that's that's one of the strong points of our of our channel is we had Larky on last night saying wide receiver one possibility with Garrett Wilson, and yeah. you're on here tonight, both very valid arguments why you have you know why you're each on your side. But you're also op- you're also open to looking at the other side. Right. But it just goes to show, like you said, that's the beauty of fantasy football. That's the beauty of the go district. We bring in different views, and we let the audience kind of make their own. You know, right. uh, hey. what is that? Go ahead. I
3: think, and I think Larky would agree. Larky would agree on the floor as well that the floor right. is low, but the ceiling is high, and it's like that's why moving forward, especially with this best ball world we live in, uh, and you guys do a good job of this. We should start talking about it. In percentages, because we're gonna, most of us now are gonna draft, you know, 20,
0: 30, 40, 50. I'm at 8%. 100. 8%,
3: 100, 100 yeah. What
0: percent are you at? I'm yeah. at 8%, but the thing I, is, I, I got that 8% prior to rogers Yes. Match. So that's good. I was talking about that last night. I was collecting those, you know, before the news.
3: Yeah, so you it's like yeah, so you got get your percentage right. You like set your percentage. There were some guys like last year, best ball Evan Ingram. I was like the percentage of like one hundred and seventy or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Friends of mine were coming to snipe me. That's I wasn't at a hundred because people, you know, I draft with Boston guys like Mike Fiella, who you know t- took him second, the second highest of everyone in the Scott Fish Bowl in the entire Scott Fish Bowl, the second highest, just to spite me, dude. Like, so it's like certain <laughs> players they, now people are doing that with chick. Cause I think it's funny. Matt Deutsch took chick 30 picks above ADP in our oh recent, <laughs> yeah. Better sports draft. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's like some guys I'm super high on, but now I, this makes me realize I need more Garrett Wilson. I have to mix him in.
2: Yeah. And, and for those who didn't catch last night's episode over on uh player profiler, when we, when we had the episode with Larky, um, one of the things that josh did over there at the 33rd team is instead of coming up with best ball rankings what he did was he just took the you know the underdog adp and then he said okay at this adp where do i want to be on these guys do i want to be
0: ownership even
2: weight <laughs> a little overweight a lot overweight a little underweight a lot underweight you know and it just kind of And you assigned like a that.
0: score based on that it's yeah, like a three,
2: three point five, a two, two point five. I like that, man. Yeah, yeah it makes, that's it, great. Makes a lot of sense, you know, because it's a you know a completely different way to look at the rankings. It's just, you know, you have okay. to.
3: Well, it's different for every format, right? Like dynasty, we do this. Dynasty, we do sort. Redraft, mm-hmm. we do yin yang. Best ball, we do percentages. You know, like it, it's 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 the world we live in. So there's a lot yeah. more flag planting in. Dynasty and redraft and God bless the Devi people out there. You sick, <laughs> sick <laughs> individuals. Sick, sick bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I can only the, the draft is when it starts for me. I can only these guys are like four years in and they're like right. holding the ticket like ah aw. you know it's just
0: <laughs> can, <laughs> Two things I tried, Andrew, in in fantasy that I just I'm probably not gonna go back, and it's it's Debbie and it's IDP. I just oh, tried it, dude, it yeah. once, and I, I'm just I just. Bro, I keep I live where I live,
3: I live. Yeah, so much time that I can do about different things. It's just like I I just I was able to. I love being able to sit back. And watch the volcanic eruption that was Hakeem Butler go falling to the fourth round. <laughs> it's like so these people for four years or whatever are sitting there with their Hakeem Butler shares being like, Yeah, <laughs> 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 he's a tight end. He played like two snaps for the Cardinals. It was just, oh, that was... It's
0: like uh it's like Buddy that went to the Patriots this year, um oh, man, receiver. Oh, Kesha and Butte. Yeah,
3: Butte. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Meltdown, bro. Yeah. Hey, but Butte. See all this Boston stuff in the background. We like Butte. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. oh, I don't I, want any of that slander here. Okay. Hey, 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 really hey, we, we've,
2: we've we've taken a good amount of them in rookie drafts. I mean, yeah. you know, why not? You're not taking them in the first, second, or third round, but you know, you get into the fourth, fifth round. It's 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 booty time.
3: It's booty yeah. time. it's right. booty time. Right. Play, play <laughs> the sound <laughs> there. Play <laughs> the sound. Play the blah, blah, blah. I it's end, booty let's time. We ended
0: on booty time. <laughs> I mean, we, we've taken Dan. We've taken ninety-six it, minutes of of Andrew's life here. So let's. Uh, right. No, dude. Uh, honestly, this has been awesome. Every time you come on, we're like, we're we're ninety-six in, and we can probably go another ninety-six easily. Uh, we still have some teams we haven't even touched. I talk about Russell Gage in the intro. We didn't even get there, so we yeah, love when you come on, man. Russell Gage,
2: come on. We, yeah. Hey,
0: <laughs> what was
2: that, Dan? I said nobody cares about Russell yeah, Gage. Know,
0: <laughs> like he's, he's going, he's not even getting drafted in some drafts. But honestly, man, we love when you come on. We love how off the rails we get with the show. sheet we try to put one together just so we've got something to go by. But we love how deep we get with it uh, when we bring you on. Remind the people all the goodness you have at Fantasy Alarm uh, going on and what you've got coming up that they can uh, check out.
3: Absolutely, man. Yeah. So on the I try to make it easy for everybody. Follow me on Twitter at Coupe Fiasco. Like I said, it's a lot of memes, but I always retweet the shows I'm on. I always retweet the articles I do, and so and I take you know at least the the best part of the articles I put them out there. But all my articles are on Fantasy Alarm. All my stuff now on Better Sports is being. Uh, Resent out on the Fantasy Alarm YouTube, so subscribe here, subscribe there. You can get all the stuff I do, and I. something tells me that it's it's only May and the season starts in September that we're gonna link up again. Oh yeah. uh, I'll come on here and and I'm, I've got things going with Fantasy Alarm and Better Sports where you guys are coming over to talk on my show. I've done enough talking over here. You're joining me. I'm dragging you both over. You can't wow. say no. All right, so. All right. Yeah, and that goes for Theo too. So, you know, I love hanging out with you guys because it's, we do spend a lot of time with Fantasy Alarm. We have a, a diverse crowd, you know, like the, the Serious XM show, a lot more broad. This, I love coming on here because it does give me a, a chance for us to really get deep into these topics. So, always a, always a blast, man. That's why I always say yes. So, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Yep. D
0: always uh, present. Dan, what do we have That's coming yeah. up, brother? We have uh, we have some some nice uh, some nice guests lined up uh, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so next week we've got
2: uh, we, we've got somebody else from uh, the thirty third team and and a couple other places. Mark Garcia. I don't know if you're familiar with him, Andrew. I'm, I'm pretty you're sure good guy. you are. But uh, Hilo FF um, on the Twitter street. And uh, he's, he's been a longtime friend of the show. We always have him on uh, at least once a year. We're, 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 we're bumping that up. We've we got to have him on more. So he's putting out some awesome best ball content between the one-week season and the 33rd team. So we're going to get in the, get him in there, force him to expose his secrets. You know, we're going we're gonna to find out what's going on in the mind of Hilo. Uh, and then also we have the, the way draft coming up uh, next mm-hmm. Thursday. 24th, and that's the
0: first. Sorry. Yeah,
2: Thursday Thursday the first. So we'll we'll give you details on where you can find that. where it's gonna be covered live. I don't know if it'll be on the Goat District or somewhere else, but uh this is 12 of absolute hardcore biggest winners, everything. I mean, you know, we're 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 talking about people who've cashed seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, five hundred thousand dollars we're all getting together for one fantasy pros championship draft on the FFPC. So it's going to be nuts because it's going to be like the one draft that at, we can be absolutely sure that the the overall winner is not coming from because there's no way to come out with a team good enough out of, out, out of this crew of 12 to uh, survive all the way through the championship. But um one of us is gonna have the bragging rights for that league, and that's the most important thing to us. So uh,
0: Andrew, that's it's the only hard way league I haven't won, and for some reason they won't yeah, let me right. in that one. I don't know.
2: Poor J D. The problem is we never have any openings in this thing.
0: It's all uh, good. It's all yeah, good. So, I don't, uh, I, I, I don't yeah. wanna have I don't wanna be like Tom Brady. Are you getting
3: are you getting yeah, checked? I, are you getting checked for the border, JD? Are they <laughs> uh I getting the shakedown, dude? <laughs> let that's the man it. in, dude. I vouch. Hey, i will vouch for him.
0: That's uh, I pretty good. you know what in all fairness they they, they I, I would have hosted we would have had it on on the channel like we've done in the past years uh my wife does not ask me for much on wednesday night she knows we do the show she's asked me to 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 give her a little ride to a, a concert out in niagara and meet one of her friends out there so i, I promised her i'd do that for her so will if if there's another way we can get that draft out streamed i think todd dan you said might yeah. be streaming it We'll let you yeah. guys know anyways just follow myself at jd Goat district at Overhide sleeper no e on the end uh at goat district is also the the main feed and then of course at the uh, at the og fantasy and at ams Schellenberg, and of course our boy coop at coop a fiasco you guys are awesome as usual in the chat guys check it out check us out every wednesday on the player profiler uh stream on their youtube channel we had josh Larkin on last night if you haven't checked it out go check it out guys we appreciate the support smash the like the views the subscribe all of it go smash your drafts and we'll check you all Me.
1: Trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all. Some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up GOAT district, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do with the. A... And I always be trading. And I always be trading. And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray 'em, but first you gotta bait bait them, Fish.
0: I like Joe's comment, league winner the hard way has to play me heads up in poker. That's right, dude. I love it. There you go. I love it.
3: Rest in peace, Doyle Brunson.
0: Yeah, man, for sure. That was that was a sad one, man.
3: Yeah, the 10-2, the champ.